Why would I just not make my own shit and just have small battles to make little fun of candy corn or fall forever and just let these stack up in my own little way? It's it's trivial shit, sure. But I got to tell you, slow and steady wins the race and also feeds the soul. Every person who bought one of these had a good time with these things. I got my heart broken on that big shit. Imagine doing that all year long and fucking go nuts. You are listening to One More Question, a podcast by the people of Nice Work. One of the things we often catch ourselves saying is, can we ask you one more question? This podcast is all about sharing that, the best conversations we've had with significant brand builders, experts, and communicators. The people that we've encountered as we go about our work of making people care by creating impactful brands. Season three is focused on unpacking the topic of branding. We talk to people who design brands, own brands, build brands, and even those who hire for brands. We explore what brands look like and how they behave across a wide spectrum, from world-renowned brands with massive budgets like Spotify to companies that are making big waves on small budgets. If you're looking for insights on the best ways to invest in and build your brand, this is the season for you. I'm your host, Ross Drakes. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to Aaron Draplin. Aaron is located in the mighty Pacific Northwest. He's the founder of the Draplin Design Company, and he works in print, identity, and illustration. He's been making products with companies ranging from NASA through Nike and even for President Biden. He's a speaker, educator, author, the founder of Field Notes, and has designed over 260 products. It's a great honor for me to get Aaron's frank feedback on branding, how to build true value in your work, and what you need to know if you're setting up building products. Enjoy. Thank you very much for coming on the, the podcast, Aaron. I really, really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Yeah. yeah. Hello. So, I mean, before we hit the record button, you were telling me how you believe that you are probably the greatest brand designer of all time and that nobody on the planet could could light a candle to the, the brilliance of your work and the true nuance in everything that you do. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Boy, we have a comedian on our hands. Now, who knew that Ross Drake's his second job was to come up with on-the-cuff bullshit like he's saying right now? Because first of all, that's not what I fucking said. Number that's number one. Number two, you better cons- you better stick to the graphic arts, Ross, because the delivery is a little tricky tonight. Let me just at the Charlie's Theron fucking auditorium in Johannesburg. It's Ross Drake's one-hour special titled Ross Drake's Unplugged. I don't know what you call it. So just stick to the graphic design, Drake's. All right, have I met you before? Have I met you before? Because you know, he comes after me. He comes after me. He wakes me out of a slumber here. I don't know what time it is there, 25 o'clock or some shit. Wakes me out of a slumber. And then he says, Draplin, our podcast is near death. And you are our only hope. See, isn't that fun, Drake's? It's fun, huh? And then I, he says, oh, we're going to talk about branding. And I have to say, man, I don't really know a lot about that stuff, which is the truth. Because I go on these podcasts with branders. <laughs> and then I get in trouble because you got some guy who's branding fucking Amex or something. Or, you know, or like, uh, I don't know, something big. And I'm branding my buddy's crappy little heavy metal band. And it's just two different worlds. 
And I don't know how to bring stuff to that table when I'm around branding people. I can tell a funny story, though. Years ago, a woman was a headhunter. And she saw all my logos and things. And she called headhunting for a big branding agency in town here. And I got excited because I knew what they do. And we started talking money and my, you know, responsibilities. And I'd have to get on planes and go do sell the jobs and all this kind of shit. And you do this process where you're all excited because she came after me based on logos. This is 2010. Logos and shit she had been seeing on my, what, Flickr and my website and stuff. We go through this big process. She blows a ton of smoke right up my little asshole, as they just said, you know, up the keister, as they say. I don't know how they say it down in Johannesburg. Blows a lot of smoke up the ass. I'm all excited. And then we get to the point where she says, and by the way, we're willing to offer $90,000 a year. And I said, well, $90,000 a year. And I said, well, wait, what do I have to wear there? She goes, oh, well, it's business casual. You know, it means you got like a tuck a shirt in and kind of stuff. She goes, but on Fridays, you could just wear whatever you want. So that's kind of like a Hawaiian shirt Friday. What, Aaron Drappen, what do you think? And I said, last year I cleared 200,000 bucks. And I haven't worn pants in months. <laughs> Fucking casual Friday or whatever. Like, what are you talking about? And I was very gentle. But I, I took the hook because I thought that was the next step up the ladder for someone like me who loved reading about these things, trying to learn about these things, applying it to snowboarding brands and bullshit around himself and small steps. And then here's my shot at the big leagues. And I got to tell you, man, that's where it was like, man, fuck, I don't give a shit about any of that, you know, because that's what that world can be like. Meetings about meetings, emails about me, emails. And that was the closest I got to taking the bait and going after the big thing. Because maybe I would know more about that today. But I mean, I've just tried to apply consistency these last bunch of years to my friends or the occasional thing that's a little bit bigger. You know, but I certainly don't consider myself like a branding person. You know what I mean? I don't know how to say it. You know, I mean, is that what you guys do? We do create brands for people, uh, but not on that that huge level. Uh, we really like to work with people when we can understand the people behind the the product or the the, the service or the company. I think that's where the our, our kind of true magic comes to life when we can bring their vision to life. And I think that's much more complicated when you're working with a huge company yeah, yeah, of course. where it's so far, that origin point is so far away. I'll just go on these interviews and people will say, well, what was it like doing? <laughs> I didn't brand, you know, I've worked for some big stuff, but that work is a weird word. I was one little satellite. I was one little freelancer. I didn't, I didn't, you know, build the DNA for some of these things. But see, the the game of perception with this stuff is, people come after me and they think that I've had a bigger role. And it's like, no, no, and I never said that I did either. You know, that's like what's so weird about this stuff. It just tends to like, you know, the game of perception just gets weirder and weirder. And like, I love to bring it all back down to like, you know, today I sent a T-shirt into. Um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, AOC. And um, I'm sure as this thing goes up, the T-shirt will finally go up. But on Friday, AOC said, 
um, they were struggling to come up with a design for this little thing that was AOC plus me. And I just whipped out a couple things on Friday just for shits and giggles, just to, just to see if I can even get an attention. And then I got a call on Saturday morning and they put it up Sunday to test it. And then it, I think it's going up either now or in a couple hours. But like this morning I was sending, you know, logos and things and stuff to one of our most controversial and awesome Congresswomen in America, right? AOC. She's 31 or 30 years old. She's a kid and she's holding the task. Our president and uh, Supreme Court, I mean, all sorts of stuff. It's really, really interesting. And I just was a fan. Now that's usually the kind of level that I'm doing. You know, it's like, I just got lucky there. What if I just put that stuff up and she never called back? Well, I do that a lot. Um, but I got, I got the call back, you know? And I mean, we, there was a pittance involved. I, I told him, I said, I don't even really care if I get paid. It's I'll donate the money to the, her campaign, honestly, you know, and they can't really do that for, um, you know, some sort of like election commission you know, rules. So I got paid a little something and I'll take that money and give it right back to, you know, um, some committee to take down Don Trump's uh, comb over, you know, to, you know, it's the committee to get that fucking thing shaved off. <laughs> Can you believe this piece of shit that we have up here? Anywho. Okay. <laughs> How am so, I doing, so many, Ross, by the way? How am I doing? Am I, I hanging up? Very well. We're feeling, okay. we're feeling the passion. We're feeling the energy. Um, I'm interested. I think two of the, the two things that I love the most about your work is one is you seem to be prolific. So you seem to create volumes of, of things and you seem to always find something in anything and get very passionate about it. So, so now you said it's like my friend's silly little truck or this thing, but you saw something that other people might overlook and go, well, this is not really a thing that's worth my time. And you pour your, your heart and soul into it. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for saying such nice stuff. Um, uh, uh, you know, I guess that's, it's all about moves. You know, if it's the food cart, what are the couple moves my buddy gets to make? You know, it might only be the sign and a t-shirt and something to wrap the sandwich in. And that's it because he can't afford anything past that. So it's like, well, how do we take advantage of what we need to say there? And think through the things that we're not quite seeing. I like that little bit of strategy. It's like stuff like, you know, you're going to need an Instagram, not just campaign, but a template. He's not a graphic designer. But can I arm him with something that he could just go back into one layer on a Photoshop doc, you know, show him how to make another layer, turn one off, turn one on, and then put the new sandwich special. And it's like that tiny little bit of strategy just to help arm my friend who would have left at his own devices would have murdered that shit. <laughs> I really like arming people that they can look like they should be taken seriously. That's all I would ever say. You know, it's like, it's not to be the best or the coolest or the awesomest or the richest or the, whatever the hell it is. It's more like you know, most successful. It just, it's like, if you're putting the energy into making a great sandwich out of a food cart, well, I'll put the energy to make sure that you look like you like you are, you know, because that stuff can take the good sandwich, bad branding or bad outreach or just bad execution can take that sandwich down with it. You know what I mean? Like, you know, what we do in town here in Portland and probably 
anywhere, you know, you know, well, is you'll see like the cute side of things, you know, and it makes you want to go in there and have that drink or have that sandwich or salad or uh, coffee or whatever the hell. Well, you know, they also have a team of people, maybe you guys, you know, coming up with all that stuff. And I really like the stuff when it's like the underdog, you know, because I still feel like one of those. And I like the idea that a couple moves from me would help fuck with the people who had a hundred moves to make and did it. And they just weren't all that good. You know what I mean? If we could just do it with a couple moves, that's what skateboarding was for me. It's like, you know, who had everything? The jocks, coaches, programs, equipment, fucking fields to go do it in, right? And what did we have? You know, we had none of that. But we had each other and ingenuity, a couple, you know, skateboard decks and t-shirts and shit. We had each other and we had sort of guts to just go and make our own way. You know, it comes back from that permission there. You know, it's like now when I see these tiny little moves and listen, whether or not that's for a food cart or someone who's actually paying money, I'll, I just kind of attack it the same way. Like there's an opportunity there. Why, why wouldn't we do that that way? Turns out we actually saved money. Now you can give more money to me <laughs> or whatever the hell it's going to be, you know? So uh, um, I don't know. All this stuff is just sort of like, what's your best foot forward? You know, what's your best foot forward? So when you say prolific, it's like, oh, I get excited because it means you're seeing a certain, you know, uh, amplitude or something, some, like a lot of shit, you know? And hopefully it all has a, you know, a, a consistency that's, you know, doesn't look like I'm phoning too much shit in. But um, when I learned, when I started this stuff was like the voiceless or those who aren't in the right room or the right cliche, uh, cliched like click or something, you know, the same old shit. You could do a lot of stuff and it'll never show up because you're trying to do stuff that the, the those in the cool set are doing you're never going to get there and what i realized so fast was like who gives a shit who's cool i'm just going to make all my stuff as if i was in that room with all those other dipshits for instance call myself the draplin design company it's just me but yet to this day i get people calling saying could i speak to someone in the hiring department yeah let me put you on hold and i just and I pick it back up, you know, it's fucking me, you know, like, can I speak to someone in your strategy? You know, who, who do we talk to about pricing and stuff? It's like, what is this? Barack Obama. Let me just, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Let me, let me just, hold on. Let me just keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Keep it rolling. Hey, Evan, I'll call you back in a little bit. All right. Bye-bye. I'm on a podcast with Johannesburg. <laughs> I know someday we're going to get someday we're going to get them uh, their own flag and a currency and everything. That'd be the 53rd state. Anyway. Okay. Now that I got him off the thing. Um, what was the question again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. Um, you know, what was I saying? What, what was I saying? Maybe clip this part out. What was I saying before that? You know, my buddy so rudely interrupted me. <laughs> um you're talking about the like making moves for people and how it can make a difference and then you segued into talking about yes. the size of your company and how hey, okay, you you are your own okay. your own everything okay watch this 
So I was in Minneapolis and I saw people that I thought were these big things and they had names and pluralities and shit. And then you meet them at a party and it's a dude in his basement. And you're kind of like, wait a second, the way you talk, and we're not talking ironically at all, is you're this, we provide this, services that way, this thing, we're this, we're that, we don't do this, we don't do that. Like just this like laundry list of like, wow, I know all about you and your group. It's a guy in his basement who's full of shit. And I just was kind of like, man, I'm just going to have fun with this. I'm not going to worry about what is and isn't the right thing to, you know, <laughs> to get me into the cool room. I'm just going to do it. And because the fun part about that is what you quickly learned was if it is just for your friend in his food cart, that can have the same good moves at something that costs someone a hundred thousand bucks to make, you know? And if someone can discern that, those two case studies, because I do have those sitting next to each other in the book and other things, and they can't tell the difference. You know, they can't tell the difference. And that was really exciting for me because the fun part about the food cart thing was it helped elevate my friend to be a player in that crowd. And we had, to this day, I've never been paid a penny. You know, this is a thing called Cobra Dogs. Never been paid a penny. But it taught me that, like, it's not always about the paycheck. Some, I mean, I've got a lot of jobs because of the Cobra Dogs. Because people see that thing. They don't know there's no money involved. And then they hire me thinking that it was some big project. And that's subversive in a way. You know, we kind of tricked them to coming after me. So, you know, all that stuff adds up, you know. And I just got this confidence of like, I'm not afraid to show the shit that was just, you know, I can make something out of nothing. And I often do, you know. But there's angles. And it's like a deck of cards. You know, you don't want to. You don't want to sell, 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 you know, and you don't want to motivate, motivate and all that shit. That's just like 19 ways to quit your job and all that kind of shit. Those like kind of aspirational, uh, you know, uh, you know, you don't want to just coach, 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 coach on your Instagram. You want to have a little bit of a, of a whoop-de-doo and a little bit of a roller coaster, you know, sell something on a Monday, show them some shit you found on a Tuesday prep up a, you know, prep up a buddy's book on Wednesday. You see, I'm getting that. Like, you know, I, I do see these like patterns out there where it's like, wow, they're just working all the time, selling hard, hard, hard all the time. And it becomes tone deaf. You know, it's like, man, cares if the work is good. What'd you guys have for lunch? What'd you guys, where'd you guys screw up? Where'd she, uh, what was something that scared her? You know, like, I, I don't know. I, I like to show all that kind of stuff and try to, to just roll with those punches, you know, because, if a kid's interested in me, I, I, I want to show the things that were really good and then the things that were a little bit prickly because that is the truth. That's what I'm dealing with here, you know, and I, I want that to be part of the story. I'm not afraid of that uh, bringing me down a notch or something. like You know, it is part of the story. You know, I don't know if that even makes sense. And I reel me back in, Ross. I think a lot of what you're talking about is authenticity. There seems to be a lot of authenticity in who you are and how you present yourself and you seem to try and bring that to life in the other people that you do work for and the other projects that you work on. Like, do you think that is, I mean, is that a deliberate thing or is that just you find the things that interest you and, and put a spotlight on them? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with like limited resources, you know, and it's like, 
when you work on smaller things, you only get a couple chances to do things. You know what I mean? And it's like, it better be exactly what you guys are, you know, because, you know, that's what's like weird about branding and storytelling, I think was a cool word a couple of years ago and all that stuff. I mean, I, I get it. It's like, you have the ability, Facebook, you have the, uh, Instagram, all these things, you have the ability to be, you know, whatever you want to be, at least in that image. Like, you know, if I can just get my angle just right, I just lost like 35 pounds. If I just get the angle just right, there it is. But I go back to just being a big fucking beast and I'm back to whatever, you know, it's like, that stuff freaks me out because then you get to hide behind a bunch of stuff. So if my authentic self, see, it's a weird word, authenticity, because I get this stuff on the road where I'm, (laughs) there's a panel of us and they're sitting in chairs and I'm up there squirming, you know, squirming with the mic, sitting in the chair, you know, and I I do my best to answer and trying to be one sixth of the six people. And then I'll have someone stand up and go, Draplin, you're very authentic. Now, what does that say to the other five people sitting there? You know, <laughs> it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. And I'll just go into this and this here it comes. It's canned as it is right now, as it is on that stage in front of 2000 people at some conference. It was like, she's authentic to her brand of rigidity. He thought this guy's definitely authentic to being boring as shit or whatever. I would, you know what I mean? They're authentic to what they are. There's nothing wrong with that. And maybe I'm just a little more unabashed or something or naive. And it it comes off in a weird way. But, you know, I don't know. You know, I just, I just, you know, my story is my story. And if, if someone can't tap into, you know, that that's the real or the ugly or the good or the cool about it. Well, I'm not going to fight them to try to, you know, get them to into into my thing. It, if they're not into it, they're not into it. You know, what are you going to do? You know, but the problem is we 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 yearn for these things and we we uh, we engage in such a way where you know uh, it's hard to have people not into your stuff. You know, we want more clicks and licks and likes and licks, <laughs> links, clicks and shit. We want more of this stuff. And I mean, the dopamine rush. I mean, I feel it too. But I'm just going to put it out there. Because otherwise, I'm being a chump, you know what I mean? And I'm telling something that isn't necessarily true. And that's that comes back to haunt, you know? I, come, I mean, I see that stuff. I see shit out there where it's like, this is going to make me sound horrible. The ninth thing today. But <laughs> I've met you in the backstage. Someone. I've met you. And you're not. You're not what your Instagram says you are. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I mean? I can wholeheartedly say if some kid meets me at a conference or at the goddamn supermarket two blocks from here, I am hopefully exactly what they thought I was going to be. And, you know, whatever, you know, Um, because what else is there? You know what I mean? Like, like when I go to the airport, I love when people come up to me at the airport because it's exciting and weird. But they quickly get. Hmm deflated because they see that i'm just a guy lugging his gear in to get onto the next show like they are and they're like confused like can we help you with your luggage it's like fuck yeah grab it because they think that you know they think that like because they're looking at something and it's big and really what this goes back to it goes back to like as a kid seeing like the bands i loved 
And when you saw Wayne Coyne from the Flaming Lips pushing the gear up onto stage, plugging things in, running into the back to do something, maybe interviews. We've I've you know done an interview with him, but he touched everything. And it wasn't this process where someone came and grabbed him at showtime and then he went up and did the show and then went back and they put a towel on his shoulders. It wasn't like that. You know, I really enjoyed seeing that he did every part of it and then shared every part of it with the crew. And then when he was done, until the shit got put back into the trucks and stuff, he was at least signing autographs and meeting me, you know, like making time for me. And I mean, how does that apply to graphic design? Well, couple different ways, you know, a couple different ways. And it's like, it was just, I don't know, liberating to see that, you know, that comes from punk rock or whatever that idea of punk rock is. Like I got some heat a couple weeks ago because I was in some video and I was talking about being a punk rocker. And this kid wrote, you're not a punk rocker. I don't want to fucking spikes on my jacket and, you know, the the, the things and the fucking, you know, the, the thing, you know, I see yours finally healed up where your nose ring used to go to your ear like that back in the day. Looks good. But gives a fuck about any of that it's not about you know oi or whatever it's about your heart and you know making your own shit and like i saw that with these bands where they could own every part of the process it wasn't just delegated down the mountain to a bunch of you know whoever you know and and and, you know people are surprised when they see that with me and i and i really am honored to say it's just me or it's me and lee you know, you can see Lee pushing at a bunch of shit, you know, as we're going into the airport. Also, it's, you know, we, we, if there's any triumph, it's ours, you know, and if there's some shortcomings and there's a lot of that, you know, it's ours too. And, and that is the real, uh, I guess, authentic take on this stuff. I, I mean, I, when I talk shit like that and say, I've met some of these people, you have to understand that means I'm looking up to somebody. And I'm in the backstage, like taking notes, you know, I'm going, whoa, I saw your thing. I listened to this. I saw this movie. I saw some shit. I've been listening. And you said this, this, and this. And what you just told me in the backstage here is considerably different than what you sold to that crowd. And that's when I get a little squirmy. And I just start doing stupid shit like this, you know. Ross Drake's down in Johannesburg. How you doing? Yep, 100,000 field notes. We could have them. Drop ship by Monday. Okay, see ya. You know, making shit up like that just to plant a seed with these other people who are so full of shit. Now I do a little bit of that too when I'm out there, and I steal a lot of shit out of um backstages. I I do. I'm, I'm I'll be honest about that. You should steal as much gaffer tape as you can because that's <laughs> well, that really expensive. How much of this gaffer's tape you guys got laying around? The guy's like, oh, we loved your show, dude. Take it. You know, it's like, oh, I got some fucking gaffer's tape. Or, you know, like the bottles of water. Because, listen, you get back to the hotel room (laughs) and, you know, drinking out of the fucking toilet, you know, and it's just to save money because, you know, those Voss waters are eight bucks or whatever. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. And when I was in the Philippines, and you got to be careful what you drink and shit, you know, we were living off what was in that backstage. You know, we were living off it and I would just take a big armful into my bag and, you know, just be dousing myself with it back in the room because <laughs> otherwise no one, everyone was all nervous. Oh, I don't, I don't need that. You know, I was grabbing fruit and shit. Anyway, yeah. I don't know what that has to do with this, this podcast, but okay. Can you talk about the inspiration for that? Like, how have you decided instead of 
spending your your time and your energy working for somebody else to sort of turn that around and actually spend it you know your time and your energy working you know on your own product and and how to how do you think about your own brands when you sort of create them because now you're not going to get paid a fee you have to ultimately sell something if you want to get any kind of um, dollars back into the bank this is a big one man this is a big one you know this is uh when I got into graphic design in 94, 95, you know, whatever that was, 93, and I started to see the heroic element, which was like looking through these big annuals and picking out things I liked. And it might have been Chuck Anderson or Modern Dog or House Industries, things I liked, right? And what was cool about like a House Industries is you couldn't tell if it was just a bunch of designers in a room making cool shit for themselves. Turns out it was. Because my interaction was like, oh, they make typefaces and they sell mouse pads and cool things and magazines and stuff. And who who does that? You know, it's like they were making and charting their own course. So I got that permission. That comes also from skateboarding and kind of punk rockery too. You know, when it was my turn to be someone who could maybe like make his own hat or something, you know. First of all, it was absurd. Like, who wants to have, you know, DDC on their hat? Well, it turns out a bunch of people did, which was cool. Friends first. But you come into it and you just kind of say, like, there's no knife against my throat, like saying, if I don't sell any of these, I'm going to be in trouble. No, it's 48 hats. Who gives a shit? I'm going to make them for my friends and just give them and let people enjoy them. So there's no risk. It's just fun. And basically, things just got bigger and bigger to the point where, I wasn't afraid to roll the dice on myself. And that's where Field Notes comes from. Because it was like, really, I just want to make my own little book. And if I make my own little book, because I need these, I use these. They're always in my pocket. They're always in, you know, my stuff. I, you know, I'm sketching for some shit today, you know, and I use them and I live on them. There is no company in mind. I'm just going to go make my own. And what? couple thousand bucks to make that first couple thousand books that's all it was and then you give them to a friend jim kudal and he sees something there and suddenly you know i didn't even have that vision yet jim taught me to have that vision so now when we're working on things and stuff you know it's all about like in the red or in the black right and when you're in the red and you owe a bunch of money i can't operate that well because I'm making decisions only based on paying back what I owe, right? So those were client jobs, client jobs, client jobs, because they were solid footing. And you knew you were going to get a, you know, you have to be on the clock. You can't be, you know, talking like an asshole. You can't be whatever. You have to be good on your email. You have to be doing the job. That's how I got ahead. Like, I, I got out of the red. Once I got out of the red into the black, it was like I could start spending my money on my own bullshit because it wasn't from a place of fear, right? So these little things, field notes or the DDC merch, um, now all these like little fun products and stuff. Like I, we've been making like, I mean, my watch I got to make. That's a Timex watch. All it is is just a simple collab. But what's interesting is when they approach you, you know, Timex is like, but we want to do it with Aaron Draplin. And it's like, well, that's awesome, you know? But before we do any of that, why don't you just prove to me that you can just make me a kick-ass watch? Because that other stuff is too volatile. 
marketing me and using my face and making videos and things and stuff. The timeline's too long. How quick can you just shit out a watch for me? And I'll just be a customer and I'll buy 500 of these things. How much? Oh, okay. You know, and then I have a big stack of them here and then I got to sell them to my, to my, you know, people. That's a little business, but it removes all risk from whether or not Timex, like what happens if I fall flat for Timex? That comes back on me. This, it's like, I'm a customer. I just got them and they're coming soon. You know, this kind of thing. And it's like, that was really liberating because the money made, first of all, I had it in the bank to cover. The money made tasted so much better than the money I made for something that was a little bit more abstract, you know, and these client things and stuff. I mean, I was working on clients this morning. It's fine, you know, and getting off a call, you know, where it's a client. There's not a lot of money involved, at least on that one, but I don't really care. It's all right, you know, and 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 that's all part of the ups and downs of all this stuff. But this ability to say, wow, what if I got myself completely away from being on the hook with someone else? Because when I make these things, it's just me taking the risk, me coming up with the stuff. Now, when we go forward, and if Timex does do like a proper set of colors, because like one of the things we want to do is like, if I dip them in a bunch of DDC colors, you know, it would look a lot of the same, but it would be like brought to you by Timex, right? You know, that kind of thing. So, you know, I have something coming up here from my buddies called the James brand. And, you know, this is all the packaging and stuff, and these little knives. And of course, you can imagine what mine's going to look like, but there's this stuff. Now, check it out. I'm getting 500 of these kick-ass little pocket knives. I've had one on my, where are my car keys? Oh, there's somewhere around here, but I've had some, I've had one of these on my car keys for four years. My buddy Ryan started this little company, right? Mine has worked for four years. So I'm going to make these. Listen, they come after me to say, let's make a DDC product. And it's like, I go into this whole spiel of like basically just take removing kind of them from the process and saying, you be the manufacturer, I'll be the customer, I get a stack of these back, we'll share all the glory, sure. But I don't want to be worried that like if I don't sell these, you're gonna be pissed. You know, that kind of thing. So that has been that's been really, really fun, you know. And I mean, in some respects, that's what my Skillshare stuff is. Those guys come after me, we scheme up something, they they you know, they have the platform, you know, and then I you know, make the stuff and we, we, we do it on there and it's a great relationship, but like the funnest stuff is when it's just sort of my neck on the line, you know, and it's small battles. It's not like I need, I'm getting 500 of these and it's like, that's 500. Now, a couple of weeks ago, we put these little doodads up, these little, these little decimal charts. I had a stack of 500 of them. It's about this thick of 500, right? Got them from this guy, you know, had a little stack or whatever it was. And one day we sold 500 of these fuckers, 540. Now the risk there is like, you're going to piss 40 people off who couldn't get their little stupid $10 thing. I thought I'd sell a hundred. So I'm learning my reach and I'm learning how volatile things can get. So right away I had, I, I was like, I, you know, I called the guy all excited. I sold 540. Can I get 750 more? So five days ago, the 750 went up, we're down to 10, seven days later. So I just called up and I said, fuck it, man, do 2,000. I got a lifetime <laughs> supply. Like, like the world's aluminum supply just went down because of my job. You know, somewhere, some guys in a mine somewhere going, God 
damn it, we got to make more of this. I don't know whatever where they get the aluminum, but I don't know that world. Field Notes does. They know how to assess where the numbers are going, and and I'm still like just volatile, you know, like. 800 of these, let's let's give it a shot. 200 of these, who cares? I'll do t-shirts worth 75. Sell them all in an afternoon and then be like, fuck, why didn't I do 750? You know what I mean? Like that world has been really fun to be in because frankly, there's the only hearts I'm going to break there are the, the 40 customers that couldn't get it and they're okay. You know, they'll get it in five days later or whatever it is. There's just too much like... You know, when you the more cooks in the kitchen, there's more chance to get your not even break their hearts, have my heart broken. Case in point, I just did a big job for a big goddamn thing at the start of the summer. Can't talk about it, you know. But I was a test. I was a test. And I'm sure you guys do this too. You throw your hats in the ring, you do the pitch. Sometimes you get the pitch, sometimes you don't. I made a nice chunk of money for my exploration, but I gave two months of my life for this stuff. And I guess it wasn't the start of summer. It was um, April and May. I gave two months of my life where every morning when I came into the shop, the first email I was scared and concerned about was from that project. They went right to the top of all my life, right? And I made a nice chunk over that couple months because this is the big leagues. But Let's just say I didn't get that job. Whatever that money was, I was able to make it with this stuff. Why did I take that bait? Because mm. I was trained to take that bait. Aaron, this is the big leagues. They do stuff that goes global. To get a fucking e- uh, payment was more work than the work I did. To get into systems and, you know, having to prove that I'm not a fucking financial wreck and all this other shit. There's just hoops, hurdles, whip-de-doos, paperwork, you know, a mile thick just to get in there so I can get my paycheck. And then when, that, when we're done with the project, I don't even know if it's done. I never heard back. When they we released the black hole of delight. Who knows? I mean, maybe you're in it. I'm, it's I get to the end of this, and it's like, I guess I'm done. Now I get paid. It's 90 days to get paid. If you want to get paid in 60, they take a per- 2% off. If you want to get paid in 30, you take whatever it was. You know, it was just like, why would I just not make my own shit and just have small battles to make little fun of candy corn or fall forever and just let these stack up in my own little way? It's, it's trivial shit, sure. But I got to tell you, slow and steady wins the race and also feeds the soul. Every person who bought one of these had a good time with these things. I got my heart broken on that big shit. Imagine doing that all year long and fucking go nuts, you know? So a lot so of this. Can I, ask you, yeah. can I ask you, you know, a lot of, a lot of our mission is to, to give people control of their brands back to give because so often companies they don't have the skill in-house or they don't have the, maybe it's just um, they don't have the 
the, the perception that they can do it themselves. So they give it out to these designers and agencies and freelancers. And sometimes those people do right by them and other times they don't. Sometimes they give them a piece of work that, that they can't use and eventually it just sort of dies. So, so if you were giving advice to someone who's got a company and they want to do what you've done and almost just take control back for themselves. Like what would you, what would you tell them to, to think about and to, to work towards? You know, first of all, I would always promote a, a group like you guys, because what you don't want people to do is to screw it up, you know, and because that can hurt them. They're, they understand how to do so many other parts of their business. And, you know, of course, I always want to put that money into the pockets of like-minded friends who do this as a service. You know, I think that's a cool thing. But um, like anything, if you're just starting out, it's all about the, you know, knowing how to play the deck of cards, you know, how to play these things and when to play them and and how to enjoy them and how to make this stuff fun. Like, I, I love when I start a logo out and people are like stressed and shit. And I just stop them and say, this is like DNA cre- cre- creation here. Like this should be really exciting. You know, we're going to come up with something that you guys get to use. Let's not say forever. Maybe it's five years or 10 years. We'll make something new in five years. But for the next five years, I'm going to arm you with something cool. Let's get in the right space. And I, I, I know how to do that and get them sort of psyched up, you know, and get excited to be engaged. Cause that's one of the tips I always try to, Whenever I sell tips, you know, at these skill shares and shit, it's like, how do I make the client pick the logo? It's like, first of all, you got to get the client in the right headspace so they're engaged and they're excited and they're seeing that this little toolkit that comes with it lands on all their stuff. It works this big. It works this big on a, you know, a sweatshirt. You know, it's like we thought through all those elements, you know. So that's how you get people, you know, people to like start saying yes on things instead of I don't like that because I don't like that color today or whatever. The kind of goofy shit we hear from clients, you know. I mean, what I would say always is like, I'm pretty good at promoting like my friends. There's this one group in town called Joby and they do incredible work and they do a lot of illustration stuff. And I'll tell people like, you know, I don't even know if they're like full service. I just see what they do with their own brand. And I'll say to people like, I'm not an illustrator, you know, I could figure something out, but these guys are call them and they can, I don't even know if they do all the tip to toe. I don't even know. I just say they do, you know? And say, go talk to them. Because first of all, they're going to make incredible illustrations for you. And can I, do they build websites? I don't know, but I'm sure they hire people for it, you know. Um, like I always put the money there. I always, you know, put, you know, so people don't screw things up. Now, listen, if someone's curious and they're just starting out, it's like, well, what can you do with small moves? You know, think about how you talk on your Twitter. Think about, you can control that. You touch the keyboard. You don't need to hire Ross or I to do that for you. You can just do that, but think about how you're that what that voice is like, because like when I worked on Cole Headwear, which is beanies, that's these guys that were just calling about you know they're making these they're making masks now. When I worked on Cole Headwear, there was a way that we spoke. I guess that's branding too. There was a way that we messaged things. We weren't, we were chill. How would the guys who own the company talk to me? I would just record it. And say, that's the copywriting. If we try to copyright this stuff, we're all going to fuck it up because you guys can't 
spell, much less write a coherent <laughs> sentence. How did you tell me when we were just in the elevator? Oh, Drapplin, that's the one with the cool little clip in the back. Done. Because that's <laughs> authentic to them. Now, when you go to the other side of this coal headwear, this thing called Union Binding Company. This is about eight years ago for me, but still, they were about confidence. And their, their little tagline was stronger. The strongest snowboard binding in the world. I mean, just come out and say it. Now, I don't know if you tweak theirs versus the other competitors or whatever, if it's who the fuck the strongest is, just own it. And what that allowed us is it allowed us a filter to drop things through. When we talk about the bindings, we don't need to be all chill, like on the elevator or like in the having lunch together. No, it's like an economy of words. How do we get to the fastest message the quickest? So it's kind of like I try to explain to people what I do in branding or what I do for a client or even a buddy or whatever. It's like set up filters. And the idea is if you drop something, a piece of type through that filter, it acts and behaves and comes out a certain way. And it's not the way that me and you would talk. It's the way that that brand would come out and spit. Because then it's like everyone, doesn't matter who's using the filter. When they drop some messaging through it, they understand the hashtags and the things and the stuff and the whatever. You know, and I know, you know, I've heard, you know, other people sort of, you know, educating me about how they, that they do that for a service. But it's like anything. It's like, these are our colors. These are limited moves we get to make. So for the couple moves you get to make, make sure they're consistent, you know, just if you need help from me, cool. But what's cool is like, I work for a restaurant in town here where I, I gave them the same elevator pitch where it was like, this here's the deal. Just to be honest, I don't want to be sitting on the phone with this guy all day. He's got other literal fish to fry. You know, he's got other things to deal with. I don't want to be coaching him. So when I built him a template and said, for the price of creative cloud, so you can crack this open in Illustrator and update your menu. If you hire me to do it, it's going to cost this much a year. You can go crack it open and have your you do it, or your, I think his wife might even do it. Well, they're getting control. It's pretty cool. Now, they're not going to change logos and things and stuff, but I made them a template one time, and then they I showed them how to dupe the, the file, and then they just updated as they would. If a dish goes away, you know, in this pandemic where things are sort of limited, they needed a little bit of tune-up on the thing. And I just, I don't even charge for it. I just kind of grab it and just do a thing. And I say, okay, now you can have three dishes and three dishes or whatever it was. Like that is a very human thing. And I like to set people up for success with that kind of stuff. This way I'm removed from it. You know, I, I know there's like billable hours and all this kind of shit, but it's like, I just try to say like, let's do an audit of what your needs are. Oh, you got to talk to people. You got to show some Instagrams. Like, figure out a way to, like, you know, like, if you're going to show the dish, make sure the light goes here and the something goes here and the something goes here and the dish sits here. And every time you do it, you're consistent. You know, that kind of shit. Make a little set. Oh, okay. So otherwise, it's just kind of like different lighting and shit. Because every time you talk about the food, make sure they're not product photographers. You know what I mean? With a couple little moves I can hand over. Because that's really no different than how I would do it, you know? I don't know. I mean, when I can, I like to see my buddies make the money, you know, of course. But if it is my friend in the food cart, before I send them trying to learn how to do JavaScript or some shit, no, I just explain, you really need a couple little moves, you know? Tell me what you need. Oh, I need a side. 
you know, one of those A-board signs. We can solve that today. Okay. B, what do you need next? Need a website. Got to call the website people. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. (laughs) How do you, by the way, how do you tell when a website, a web developer, you know, web developers, right? How do you tell them they're lying? You just see if their lips are moving. Fuckers (laughs) lying right to your face, right? Right to my face. (laughs) Isn't this fun, Ross? It is. Well, Aaron, uh, I think we have time for, for one last question. One more question. Um, if you want to tie into the My question to you is, and, and I'm always interested in people who, you know, because we've talked to people who own brands, people who create brands. We've even spoken to someone who hires people for brands. And uh, I asked all of them this question, and that is, what role do you see brands playing in our society? Like, where do you see brands fitting in to? to the world that we live in? Hmm. Well, that's such a big question. You know, it's like, um, well, North Dakota. Next question. <laughs> How do you, you know, um, it's like a set of relationships, a set of comfort, of comforts, a set of trust, like uh, these little um, flavors of like, you know, go all the way to the top, Apple, you know. For my needs, I can trust that stuff. I can trust it. There's a price you pay, you know, to have the coolest, latest shit or whatever you want to call it. But there's a relationship there, you know. And for my needs, I know I'm going to have to kind of cough up a little extra to get some of the, the greatest stuff in the world. And now that has been broken a smidge because I don't need another phone, but they're pushing me to get another phone. You know what I mean? Like this one works. In the last couple of cycles, I just let it go. I just let it go. Did I really need a better camera? You know what I mean? Like you start to see the, the when I just read this thing a week ago about where they're not even going to put like the pods and the, the cords and shit. You really need us to go buy more of that shit. I mean, it, it, they they hurt me a little bit. So, well, that's my needs. I I I need you know I need those things. And it's like, you look at a brand. You want to trust it, and you want to believe in it, and you don't want them to let you down, and you want to be like, I worked hard for my money, and I trusted them. If they make lots of profit or little profit, I don't really care. This helps me make my life better. I trust it. And they're like, you know, it could be just in the sort of like consistency of how they talk in the world or how they look in the world or how I see them on my stuff. For instance, you know, if a brand talks to you too much with too much advertising, turns you away. But if they get to you in the right way, in a potent way, in a thoughtful way, we're still cool. You know what I mean? It's like a relationship. I don't know how to say it. So when I see those things out there, it's like, you know, remember years ago where it was like suddenly everything was kind of cute in branding and a lot of ukulele music to get, you know, help you with like, you know, like get your insurance and stuff. I'll just say it it was kind of cool because it made it like something scary, like healthcare or something a little more approachable, you know, and not so like scary 
or something, you know, and, and like someone, maybe you are people, whatever, they made that decision for someone. That's pretty cool. It made it, you know, it's like, um, when I went to my dentist here, you know, my dentist, and this is just a, a local dentist, a block away, but whoever built their stuff understood from the top, the graphics aren't the greatest, but when you come in through the door, they're already putting your mind at ease. It's a service you're paying for. And when you leave, they ha- you leave with a nice card and then they hit you up a week before your next thing. I mean, every time I go in there, they're finding some shit to keep you coming back in. And that's business. But I will say the process is really comfortable. You know, they're, they're really upfront with the pricing and stuff. There's charts and things and they could all be full of shit, you know, whatever. But I trust them. And I will say I'm getting good care, you know, and that's branding too. You know, he understood that they don't have to go at it alone. Someone's helping to make that decision. You know, I could go in there and that's the fun part about like going into these places. It's like, I could probably make them a better logo and stuff, but really doesn't even need it. They're, they're offering a really good service. So I just look at it like, you know, these are relationships out in the world and certain things grab me and certain things I trust. And then certain things I will put my complete, you know, stock into and hold them to that too. It might be, I know it sounds weird, but a certain brand of underwear that's like, I need underwear. You need underwear. I can trust this brand at Target. You know, I don't know if you guys have Target. I'm sure you don't have Target. You know, whatever you have down there, you know, whatever your version of going to whatever that thing is. Well, for us here at Target, it's just a little step up from like a Walmart. So when you go to Target and you buy your underoos, they're another buck a pair than the other ones at everywhere else. But they're a little softer. The packaging's just a little bit nicer. And it's just like, there's you know, the colors are just a little bit better. Like, I really appreciate that. I'm like really thankful that I don't have to like, you know, it goes back to the computer thing. It's like, I feel so thankful I get to work on an Illustrator and all this stuff because there were a lot of years I didn't have any of this shit, you know? And I wasn't allowed to go get the fastest machine. I got the base level. I would put my own RAM in, so sketchy. Little things around your wrist and you're, plugging you know grounding yourself who fucking knows what i was doing but i couldn't afford what i wanted and and i always felt like less but no it was my run-up to getting to the point now like you want to see me now man when i go into that mac store pre-pandemic and i'm every three years i get a new laptop i just get to roll in there and say fastest one you got most ssd this most just what 3300 bucks okay done I used the shit out of that thing on the road last three years and so on, right? Like the first couple of times I got to do that, I felt guilty because I was always nervous to like you know, the guy that would wait five months until they came down in price and all that other kind of shit, you know? So like, there's just, you know, these are like, um, like little modules of trust until they do what they did. This Apple did this last week for the first time in my life. I was like, maybe they aren't the only thing to go to. And then I don't know what I'm gonna get next, some fucking flip phone, Samsung Dingleberry with a big cord, and I don't know what, you know, I, you know, some goddamn thing. You know, it's like what I'm happy that you're trapped. <laughs> well, what what I'm really happy to do for people when they ask for help with something is just to arm them in ways where they can be as real as possible to the service that they offer. 
and doesn't make it look too much like someone cute or whatever. If ukulele music is appropriate, that's what you do, you know? But if it's, you know, if it's my buddy in the food cart, it's about being crusty. Well, then that's what they're going to do, you know? And then we just arm them so they know how to do that the right amount in the right way to hold people, you know? You know, just like stuff like, like, here's like just, when we have a poster, my girl sent me a picture this morning. We put a poster in a tube and we send these things off like 20 a day or something, right? One in a hundred. It's thrown in a lake or gets backed over by a truck or just something. And one of these ones, it was in a puddle. I mean, that's the only way you could do it. It was soaked in a puddle. The water goes up into the poster. It shreds off the bottom. And it just looks like a dog ate it or something. And it's like the kid, when he wrote me back, I mean, what am I out on that thing? Well, the value of it's 30 bucks plus shipping and all this shit. Our first instinct always is just to say, we'll just send you another one. You're the one out of 100 that got shit on. We got you. And then when he wrote me back this morning, he was like, Kaplan, thank you so much. Like, first of all, the last poster I had to go missing, I had to buy another one. I was like, what are you talking about? Well, they made me take it up with the post office. Bureaucracy as far as you can, you know, whatever. You're never going to get a hold of someone. That's branding. I've got that guy for life now. Why? Because that's just our easiest policy. Like just the idea of like making someone go through those hurdles, that's not good. That's just not good as a company, right? Mm-hmm. But when I explain to people like, if they don't like your sandwich, food cart guy, change it. They understand that. I, I align myself with those sorts of cool decisions, you know? I don't want to be with I don't want to be involved with someone who is playing games like that with each other, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Like, you know, kind of hardlining and stuff. And and that's just, I know it's a small example, but that's no different than how you talk on your Instagram. And that's no different than how you um your customer service or the way your logos look or the way the icons look. All those things factor, you know? And I I don't know if I'm even doing it right, but I go on sort of like, you know, don't be the company that turns me away. As in town here, we go somewhere and I'm like, can I just have, you know, I'm not an onions guy. No onions on the salad. No, that's not what we don't do. Substitutions. Fuck. We're done. We're done for 666 years. You motherfuckers. You couldn't even just, you know, and I'm just grumbling outside of the place. And there's a line of people wrapped outside that door because they're, they're living the high life. They can lose stupid here. They can lose me pretty easily. You know what I mean? But after a while, that shit tips and they're losing more people than they're coming in. And that's when they go out of business. So, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I don't want to work for those places. You know, if they lose me, you know, there's restaurants. We've, there's a Thai restaurant we've been going to here for 16 years. They're, at Christmas time, we go there for Christmas dinner, you know, the night before Christmas, because I'm so far away from my, my home in Michigan, you know. We go there in like 16 years. We go every four weeks, three weeks. If they ever have a problem with the dish, they just fix it right on the spot. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Just no questions asked. They will have my heart forever, forever. I mean, and, I love this. You know what I mean? I think what you're saying is it's almost just brands can just be decent humans and companies can be decent humans and they can just treat humans the way they want to be treated. And that's... Uh, makes for a better world and a better experience and more loyal customers and ultimately 
probably in the long run more money. Um, well, right. Isn't that funny how someone's short-sighted and can't see that? Like, like for instance, like I don't know what you guys do exactly, but if you hired a copywriter that knew how to speak a language to me, that's a good decision. You know, that's a, that's a filter that you either removed or put in place to like handle someone like me or the next person up the food chain or whatever it is. And those little decisions, those are pretty exciting. I mean, I, you know, are you guys hiring? Maybe I could just come down there. You guys could put me to work and I'll, I'll make logos and we could, we could, we could, we could kick the world's ass, you know, and, you don't have to wear pants at nice work. Um, so you... If I stand up right now, we're going to some kind of an international situation because <laughs> a guy went down to who knows me at the post office. He said, you wear pants this year? <laughs> yeah. Nothing this year. I have these like workout shorts and shit, you know, that's all I've had. All, I haven't had to put even sweatpants on, you know, or whatever, you know, like, what a weird year, you know? So, you know, as we wrap this thing up, I hope you guys are okay down there. I don't know what the numbers are down in Johannesburg. We're going through our, you know, whatever's here. Some states don't do it. Some states do. It's just fucking scary and weird. And, you know, Portland's really good about it, you know, from the get-go. But we're also curious. Yeah, you have hundreds of mosques. Yeah, I know. To sell to people so they can oh, go to, um, to a Dreflin design company and get their own a little branding and stuff. Aaron, uh, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate it. I love your passion. I love your energy. I love the work that you create. What? And hopefully one day I can come and eat Thai food with you. In, oh, in my goodness. We, me and you, this town will not be safe. I I, uh, <laughs> I, uh, I offer many services that we don't list on here. Are you are you on the market? Are you off the market? With the, are, you, are you taken? Are you married? Are you what, What's your deal? Uh, I'm married with with the most beautiful little child, and okay, because I was gonna say, you you come here and you'll be married by the time we're done kicking this town's ass. I don't even know what I'm talking about. No. So you're off the market. You're a family man. Well, congratulations yeah. on that. You know, um, if you ever come here, you hit me up and we'll go get a meal or a sandwich, or I'll have you over to the shop. It can be that way. It's been so weird that like um, I haven't had anybody over to the house. I'm talking no one, you know, and I miss that because not only would I have people over here that were fans, so I have to make sure they're not an axe murderer, you know, but I miss that. <laughs> we don't have, I mean, we're doing it this way. Sure. So it was an honor to be on here. I hope I sounded okay for you guys and hope you guys enjoyed it. Thank you. Um, go check out draplin.com, field notes brand, Skillshare videos, ddcfonts.com. Those ship right in Johannesburg. Just download through the tubes. Um, but check out my girlfriend's project, Notes to Self. You guys go check that out. She does cool stuff. Um, but, you know, what's the big conference in, 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 in South Africa? What's the big one down there? The Design in Daba. Yeah, see – I know Gemma O'Brien from the circuit. You know, I've had a lot of friends go down there. Um, and that, that one sounds like an interesting one, you know? I mean, the farthest I've gone was probably for the Philippines. That was that was a long one. But um, I know I know that Johannesburg is even farther, you know, at least our vantage points. But um, if I ever get down there, man, we'll go, we'll go kick some ass. I'll come to your shop and roll around a little bit with all those cool books and stuff you have in the back. And by the time we're done with it, but you'll be missing something when I'm done with it. You'll be missing something. Just seems a little light over here. He wasn't stealing water bottles. He's. <laughs> Thank you, man. Take care. We'll see Thank you around. Right,
Thanks for listening. We believe that sharing knowledge is an obligation. So if you know someone who's building a brand or needs some inspiration for their brand, please share this podcast with them. This is our third season, and we'd be grateful if you'd hit that subscribe button so you're the first one to know when a new episode comes out. Or even better, leave us a review and tell the world how much you enjoy listening. This really helps. One more question is brought to you by the people at NiceWork. NiceWork is a purpose-driven company helping people who want to make a dent in the world by building brands that people give a shit about. We're based in Johannesburg, South Africa and serve companies around the world. If you'd like to know more, partner with us or make a suggestion, reach out at www.nicework.co.za. And if you're one of those really old school people, send us a letter and we'll make you a mixtape.